Welcome back to episode 12 of Simply Complicated. You guys are going to love our guest this week. I am bringing you Rachel Cable. She is author of The Mindful Kind. She's the host of The Mindful Kind podcast. She's the mindfulness queen. And you are just going to be in for a whole bunch of insightful tips. Here she is. Rach, thank you so, so much for joining us here on the podcast today. I'm so excited to get into the whole big wide world of mindfulness with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on the podcast. I feel like I've been connected with you for such a long time now and I've always loved all the work that you're doing. So it's a real honor to be here. Oh, thank you. Um, This is our second attempt. And you know what? I am so glad that you got the time confused last week because I do that like weekly with something. Absolutely. 100%. Like I'm either getting like I turned up at the doctor's or like for an appointment of some sort and I'm an hour either way or like something to do with the kids or getting the days mixed up or all the time so I'm so glad that it's not just me who does that it's funny because it's not really that much like me I'm I'm so mortified when I'm late for things and punctuality I don't know it's just something that I was brought up with to be um really an important thing and so when I jumped on at two o'clock I was like what have I done? Because yeah. I saw it sent me a message at 12 and I'd written it in my journal as like two, I'd written it in as 12, but it looked like a two. And I was like, why did I do that? And I was oh. so excited about our chat as well. So I logged on and I was just like, you know, when you get that sinking feeling in your stomach and you're just like, oh, yeah. something has gone wrong. I'm very familiar with that sinking feeling. So <laughs> please don't feel bad. You're among friends here. And I'm sure many people who are listening as well can totally relate. So, Rach, I know because I've also been like following you for a really long time on Instagram and I think we connected through – was it – did you do Bright, Hide and Blog Hearted? Was that how – I did. That's where yeah. it was. I first discovered your um, amazingness. So can you talk us through a little bit about what it is that you do? So I am a mindfulness and meditation teacher I also wrote a book which came out earlier this year called The Mindful Kind and I have a podcast which is also called The Mindful Kind. So I have a couple of different hats I guess in my business which I really love because I always thought I wasn't very creative and then when I started running my business I found all these amazing creative outlets and I realized that actually I am quite creative and I've loved that whole journey and being able to experience all these different creative Um, creative things but I started off studying psychology at university I was always really interested in that um, especially with stress management and anxiety management because I really struggled with it during my teenage years especially Mm -hmm. and it was just something that I wanted to understand a bit more so yeah I went into psychology and I absolutely loved it but the stat side of it didn't click with me and I started doing some work on a helpline and I just felt so energetically drained at the end of even just a three-hour shift and I couldn't disconnect myself from worrying about 
the people that called and hoping that they were okay and feeling just really it was just a very strange kind of way to be working one-on-one with people when you care so much about people because there's quite a disconnect when you're chatting over the phone even though it's incredible important work it just didn't really feel right to me Mm. and yeah so I kind of was like oh well what am I going to do maybe psychology and being a psychologist isn't for me and I stuck with it and then I did coaching and counseling and when I found out about coaching I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like this I think is more what I'm called to do. And so I followed that pathway and I I actually am so glad that I was on the helpline because that was where I also discovered mindfulness because it was the um, one of the techniques that we were taught if people called up and they were having a panic attack or had struggled with stress or needed something to help themselves feel grounded in – you know, very intense kind of experiences. And I started applying mindfulness in my own life and just found all these amazing benefits and really enjoyed it. And I thought, wow, it's so simple and so accessible. And, you know, I wish that everyone knew how to do this. And so I've kind of made that my mission to share as much as I can about it. And you were doing it so well, like your book, like I've been following along with your launch looked phenomenal so congratulations on that it's just what you achieved and you were sought out too like they came to you and said have you thought about writing a book right Mm, yeah thank you it was so exciting because when I first started my business you know writing a book was my number one dream at you know I've always really loved reading loved writing always wanted to write a book and to have that opportunity come to me even you know I'd been doing my podcast for about two years by that stage I think Mm -hmm. um and it was doing really well and I think it was just kind of fortunate that the person that was listening was a publisher and wanted to do a book on mindfulness and you know it just kind of was really aligned and I was really lucky in that and yeah it was a lot of work but I actually loved writing it I felt like I've been ready to do that for a little while and so it didn't feel like I was fighting too hard to get it done and I knew what the deadlines were right from the start and yeah it was really it was actually a wonderful experience overall. I love hearing that because it's so important to me when um, because I love chatting to people about writing books um, but when it's it's so beautiful and it's such a beautiful marriage of creation when people enjoy writing because they enjoy writing and they enjoy their message rather than having to get to the end result of holding that book in their hands. Like it's the journey of it is really such a beautiful um, thing to go through and move through. So I'm glad to hear that um, the mindful kind was that for you. So for those of us who don't know, what is mindfulness? So mindfulness is really about being present in the moment with an open-minded and curious attitude rather than a non-judgmental labeling kind of an attitude. And that's actually really important because we can be present in the moment and still put judgments on it. And I think that's kind of the thing that people miss when they learn about mindfulness. They think it's just about being present in the moment, but it's also really having that attitude of curiosity and of being open-minded and exploring the present moment for what it is without labeling it as good or bad or positive or negative or whatever other labels might be placed upon that 
And I think that's really important because a lot of people go into their mindfulness practice thinking that it has to be perfect and it has to be a positive experience. And sometimes it's not. Like if you're trying to be mindful at a time when you're experiencing an anger kind of emotion or a sadness or, you know, some kind of vulnerable or intense experience, it's very hard to feel positive and to feel happy and to feel good about that. But it's okay to be mindful during a challenging experience as well because we can simply notice how it feels in our body. We can breathe through the intensity. We can be self-compassionate with ourselves when we are going through something like that rather than trying to repress it and force positivity into a space that it doesn't fit. And, yeah, so that's kind of what mindfulness is. But it's, it's funny because it is such a simple concept like, you know, be present in the moment and be open-minded, but it's actually quite difficult to practice, especially if you're someone like me who has experienced a lot of stress and anxiety over the years and formed these patterns of thinking that tend towards rumination or predicting Mm -hmm. and planning and organizing. It's super, super hard to break out of that cycle and to just let yourself be in the present moment. It doesn't feel very natural at first. Yeah, I can imagine it's yeah. like quite clunky. Um, and mm. so basically, because mindfulness is a top, a word that most people would have heard by now, but I do, I've never heard it be described so beautifully and simply as you just have then. So I'm glad that we're actually talking about like the nuts and bolts of it. So do you mean that it's like, you know, just it's basically paying attention to your thoughts and or where you are like in that moment or moving throughout your day like is that what um your like mindfulness is like and not judging that yeah exactly so for example if you have a cup of tea in the morning and you sit down and you have your cup of tea and you go through the motions very automatically and your mind is somewhere else completely like you're planning out your work or you're mentally writing a to-do list or you're thinking about something that's going to happen in two weeks' time, you're not really being present in that moment. And a more mindful way to go about that would be to, you know, notice the flavor of the tea, feel the warmth of the cup in your hands, notice how you're feeling, notice which thoughts are coming up for you, but also without grabbing hold of any of those thoughts, just kind of letting them come and go, being non-judgmental about what's there. And, yeah, really being able to explore what that present moment is to you. And I think the other thing, too, is a lot of people put so much pressure on themselves to be mindful all of the time. But you really don't have to be mindful all of the time. Like, you can pick (laughs) and choose, you know, when you want to sit down and kind of have that experience or you don't have to sit down. But, you know, whatever experience you might, might be having, can I tune into my senses? Can I notice my breath? Can I notice my thoughts and my feelings in a non-judgmental way? And it's really as simple as that. Um, I did start off intentionally practicing with mindfulness activities rather than having a formal meditation mindfulness practice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, things like showering. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was going to say. So what sort of activities do you, do you mean? Like, can you elaborate on that a little more? Like as in mindfulness activities, how did you start with those? Like what did they look like? Yeah, so they were really simple. It was just the little things like I I mentioned showering or having a cup of tea or playing with my dogs or hugging someone or having a mindful conversation and cooking my dinner, like very normal everyday things that I was already doing when I often was thinking 
something completely different and I wasn't really being present in the moment. So now I do try to notice when my mind has wandered and I, I bring my attention back. And like I said, tuning into the senses is a really awesome way to do that because, you know, your senses are always kind of there, but they have so much information coming in all the time that we don't always pay attention. So it's really nice to just, if I notice my mind has wandered and, you know, maybe I'm cooking dinner I'll just suddenly switch into, okay, what can I smell? What can I see? What colors are around me? What can I feel? Is there different temperatures as I move around the kitchen? Or as I wash my hands, can I feel the warmth of the water? All these very little things that helped me to break those stress cycles and also really just helped me experience the richness of my everyday life. Oh, I love that. So basically, it's an invitation to participate in your present. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Oh, I, you know what? I have like actually been doing this a lot more lately. I'm not going to say a whole lot because I have, but I have definitely been noticing the difference, especially where my children are concerned because I know like we've all got giant to-do lists and we're all moving from A to B, but I know sometimes I've eaten my entire meal and I haven't even looked at it because I'm too busy multitasking, doing all these different things. But um, I've definitely been working on getting more conscious of being present with the kids at different times, as in, you know, like, and it's not like I'm not paying attention to the kids otherwise, but I'm like trying to feed one, chat to the other, talk about homework, look after the dog, all of those things, but I'm not actually, and then I'm mentally somewhere else as well, thinking another five or six steps ahead of how am I going to get them from this dinner table up into the shower without them grabbing hold of the skateboards and trying, you know, like I'm trying to navigate the moment before it's actually been there. And that's probably um, has a lot to do with having an, an anxious mind or a really, you know, that, that strategizing and planning that you spoke about as well um but finding that i choose like consciously choose to be present makes such a massive difference on the ability to show up and the calmness of my mind so i'm glad that that and i didn't even realize that i was being mindful in that moment which is like hmm okay great that's what I've been subconsciously doing. So that's awesome. And I think, have you found that people, um, like technology plays a huge part in keeping us distracted and the people that you work with, just our minds going a million miles an hour? Yeah, definitely. And I wrote a little bit about this in my book that technology means that we never have to experience loneliness or boredom or even you know the experience of doing nothing because we've always got the technology that we can turn to in those times and so rather than you know if I'm sitting at home at night on my own I can escape the discomfort of feeling alone or Mm -hmm. feeling bored by just going on my phone or watching tv or distracting myself in some way but I think it can actually be really important sometimes to notice how we're feeling and to even ask ourselves what is a meaningful way that I can process this emotion? Can I just sit here and be with this feeling for a little bit? Could I engage in some self-care that's going to feel a bit more meaningful than just switching off and distracting myself? 
And even the experience of doing nothing, like we're so not used to that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're standing in line at the supermarket or or wherever it might be, we just pull out our phones. We don't stand and people watch or just chill out or wait. So true. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. It feels so odd to do that. Like I went to the gym this morning and I would usually, when I'm having like a stretch, grab my phone and I didn't this morning. Um and I just sort of watched what was going on and, you know, looking around people watching. And I thought, I haven't done that in so long. Like I am consciously trying to gravitate a little further away from technology. Um, but we do. And if you go to like a bus stop or drive past a bus stop or anything, everyone's always on their phones. So mm. that's a really like powerful point to, to bring up that. Um, it maybe it's a really nice idea actually. And I went to a workshop on the weekend where, um, they were talking about, it was boob to food and evolve HC on Instagram, um, in order, like a really great way to, um, initiate and to build connection within, you know, relationships of any kind is to have a technology free night at home so that, we're forced, isn't it so sad that that's what it's come to? We're forced to talk to each other rather than rely on our devices um, because we do. And I don't, I don't blame that at all because, you know, it's really nice to wind down at the end of the day with some TV time. But what would come up for us if we didn't actually rely on our devices for that companionship, that wind down, that... Um, you know, that disconnect. Mm. Yeah, and I think it can be really important. And like, you know, if I'm at home alone on my own, often I will watch TV. But sometimes, you know, it's nice just to put it off for a little bit and just to have a couple of minutes to myself and to practice that feeling of like introspection and reflection rather than just distraction. And yeah, like I'm not perfect. I'm not going to, you know, sit at home every night and just and feel into my feelings and, you know, be <laughs> mindful all the time, like, you know. Um, but I think it can be really important to set aside some time to consciously practice being mindful, whether it's a um, an experience like that or whether you come home and you're feeling quite stressed or you're feeling a bit um, angry or whatever it is to rather than just repressing that feeling and getting distracted, um, to move through the motions of actually processing that and doing it in a way that is, um, I don't know, a bit more, I don't know, it's hard, I don't want to say positive, but sometimes I find that when I repress something like anger, it'll manifest in different ways later on Mm -hmm. or I won't sleep that well at night time or, you know, there's another way that it kind of expresses itself. So I've actually found more and more that it's important to feel the feeling and to to kind of move through that even when it is uncomfortable. Like what we were talking about earlier with um, how I mixed up the times last week for our chat, mm-hmm. straight away I felt mortified, like I felt anxious and I went straight into that cycle of, you know, mentally beating myself up about it, like how could I be so stupid? Yeah. And then it's bringing that awareness to it, like, oh, I'm I'm going back into my old pattern of beating myself up because I don't like mixing things up and mm-hmm. and letting someone else down. Like I had that really intense feeling of like, oh, I've let Katie down. How could I do that? 
And it was like, I need to be aware of this and I need to move through this emotion and this experience and try to be a bit more non-judgmental and more self-compassionate and not just turn to another distraction and then later have that feeling coming out in different ways, whether it's frustration and, you know, I snap at my partner as soon as, as he gets home because internally I've still got those emotions held inside. Um, and the thoughts as well, you know, there's lots of thoughts that come up um, and can trigger moods and emotions. And yeah, I don't know. I think it's so important to allow ourselves the time and the space to just move through those things and to experience those things. I totally agree because I know that there's, you know, there's such a big, um, like push, especially with all like the, with social media, all the tiles getting around, like punch fear in the face, like fear's a bad thing or, Mm -hmm. you know, positive vibes only and all these sorts of slogan catchphrases that we see all the time. It puts a really, um, shadowy, it casts a massive shadow over so many of our heavier feelings like they're wrong and that we shouldn't have them when in actual fact we can learn so much from them but I know that there's a massive um I know for me as well um before I started embracing all of our emotions and getting comfortable with being uncomfortable there was a fear that if we allowed ourselves to feel this like if we actually went there that we'd never come out of it do you like can you relate to that like initially oh yeah yeah that's I completely agree with that feeling um that idea because I think when I was younger as well I didn't really know how to support myself through intense experiences and so things would kind of spiral like I'd start Mm -hmm. off feeling a bit low and then it was like oh I'm feeling stressed because I feel low and I know that when I feel low I'm probably going to get worse and then it would get worse And then by the end of it, like I'd end up in quite dark places and that was really hard to get out of. But Mm -hmm. I was also perpetuating those cycles of like trying to fight against the emotion and hating myself for having the emotion. And then all of that was, you know, manifesting itself into shame and guilt and frustration and anger. And it just kind of, it did spiral because I didn't let myself go there at the start initially. It wasn't okay for me to say, oh, I'm feeling a bit low right now, but I know this is just a temporary experience and it will pass and it's okay if it hangs around for a little bit. I'm, I know that I can take care of myself and I can support myself through this. And I think it took a long time for me to get to the stage where I was comfortable with that. And really it's only been in the last few years that I've let myself feel the feelings and it's been really hard to to go there and I don't know why but I I think maybe it does have something to do with that it was the fear that I would not be able to get out of it um but I think that was hard in itself too because when I was happy I was always afraid of being sad and so when Mm -hmm. I was happy even that was kind of tainted by this this fear of what happens when my emotions spiral out of control again and I'm helpless and I can't do anything about it and, you know, I've got all these negative coping mechanisms like drinking alcohol um, alone at nighttime in copious amounts and waking up and feeling even worse the next day and it was just, it was scary because I didn't know how to look after myself properly and I think it was really learning a lot about that and a lot about self-care and and self-compassion and non-judgment that really helped me turn that corner. There's this massive, I'm so glad that you've spoken about self-compassion because um, we can be so judgy on ourselves and we do, um, like I see it a lot, I've got a a beautiful um, niece who's just turned 15 and I remember um, 
being that age and this notion that every like it was only great when if it was great you know what I mean like things were only okay if um you know if everything was perfect that perfectionism um mentality really sets in there set in at that early age and I see it for so many young women now um so I'm so glad that people like yourself are giving a voice to that whole like the whole process like it's not just um you know like it we're not discounting the middle anymore if you know what I mean like I'm really I'm really glad that we're having these conversations so um how can we start to I know you've mentioned like say with your cup of tea um with your showers and things like that how can we start to incorporate mindfulness into our day if we're just sort of hearing about it um for the first time here yeah cool so I think a really simple way to start incorporating mindfulness into your day is to choose a couple of activities that you do every day and just before you start doing the activity just remind yourself okay I'm going to go into this experience and try to be mindful as much as I can I know that my mind's going to wander and that's all right but when I notice that it's wandered I'm going to tune back into my senses and just you know bring myself back into that present moment and my mind will probably wander again and that's okay too Um, so that's one way to go about it. And another way that I've found really useful is to just incorporate mindful breathing into a lot of different moments throughout your day, whether you wake up in the morning 10 minutes before your alarm goes off and you immediately start thinking about all the things you've got to do during the day, which is what I often, you know, I am naturally (laughs) inclined to do. I notice I've got 10 minutes now. Um, my mind has gone off into planning out the day but I'd actually really love to spend this time being mindful, so I'm going to do some mindful breathing. And with mindful breathing, there's a couple of different ways that you can practice it, but one that I find really useful is to place one hand on my chest and one hand on my stomach, and I just feel the breath moving in and out of my body. So you can feel the rise of your chest and your stomach as you inhale and the fall as you exhale. It's such a simple movement and such a little thing, but I think it's a really nice way to focus on the breath. Um, You can also just simply pay attention to the breath moving in and out of the body without having to feel the movement. So just lying there as you were and noticing the breath moving them through your nostrils, down your throat, into your chest, into your stomach, not changing the breath pattern in any way, just allowing it to be natural and paying attention to that journey of the air, um, maybe choosing one part of your body where you can really feel it. Like I often feel my chest, um, you know, expanding as I breathe and that's where I try to focus my attention sometimes. Um, And also noticing that little pause at the end of each exhale before you inhale again. So there's a meditation called the point of stillness and that is really simple. I can can just do a quick little... um, guide now so as you breathe in just feel the breath moving into your body just effortless and exhaling and then just notice the small pause at the end of that exhale not needing to change it just notice breathing in breathing out and just noticing that small pause breathing in breathing out pause so that's just a really simple way that you can 
bring your attention into the present moment because the breath is always there with you, whether you're about to go into a meeting that you're nervous about or a job interview or catching up with friends that you haven't seen in a while and maybe you're a bit stressed about how it's going to go or, you know, (laughs) the breath is just always there. It's a great tool that you can use to practice mindfulness. I love that. And just as I'm like focusing on that, the dog fell off the windowsill. I was like, oh my God, like of all the things. (laughs) So funny. Like she's never even sat up there before. She's a big, she's <laughs> a big enough dog. She does not need to be sitting on windowsills. Um, that was beautiful. Like, and okay. So for those of us who are listening, who are going, I don't have time for that. Why do we do it? Like, what is the, some of the benefits of becoming mindful? Cause it's all well and good to say, listen to your breaths. Like, you know, um, same with meditation. I've got here. I really want to dive into that with you. Why do we practice mindfulness and meditate? Like what is some of the, the benefits that people can expect to get if they, um, make this a, you know, a regular part of their day-to-day existence? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me personally, the first thing that I noticed was I was falling asleep easier and I was sleeping better through the night and I wasn't perpetuating this stress cycle as soon as I woke up in the morning. I was doing meditations and I was doing um, mindfulness practices and I just it just naturally helped me feel calmer and I think that you know, the point of practicing mindfulness and meditation isn't necessarily to feel calm because we're trying to be open to whatever experience um, there might be to have. But for me, that was often the way that I felt after I'd done some kind of a practice like that. Um, But I don't know, there's so many different ways that it has indirectly made a huge positive impact in my life, whether it's more connected relationships, because I feel less judgmental about myself. I'm more aware of my thoughts and my moods and how I express those things. And I'm looking after myself better so I can show up more for people and I can be a bit more authentic. I'm more open in talking about my feelings because I've gone through this process Mm -hmm. of being mindful of them, becoming more accepting, practicing non-judgment, eventually being okay with how I'm feeling. And then I can talk about that. And all of a sudden, you know, the people that I'm talking to are like, oh, I totally get what you mean. I feel like that all the time. And so I think that, uh, yeah, sleep and relationships were two really big ones for me. But I mean, in terms of stress management, there's so much research and so many interesting things just starting to come out really about mindfulness and meditation. I mean, it's these things have been around for such a long time and we've kind of known how, um, it's reducing stress and everything, but to actually see changes in the brain and to read about how these regular practices can have an influence on how we react to stress. So, for example, I was reading about um, one study where, so the amygdala is your primary like stress response area of the brain. If we have a threat, the amygdala um, responds and sends all of the fight or flight response into action. Mm-hmm. And they found that in people who were meditating regularly, the amygdala actually got smaller. So it was less reactive to external threats that weren't necessarily threats, um, whether it's, you know, um, someone having an argument with you or something like that. Like we see that as a threat in the same way that if a lion was chasing us when we were cavemen, you know, we feel that in the same kind of way like this is a danger I need to escape this danger this is bad and so that's our reaction to 
conflict or to um, challenges when really those are things that we need to actually kind of move through and cope with in our day-to-day lives. Um, So to see that change and to know that that's something that mindfulness meditation can help us create, I think that's that's amazing. And for me, I've definitely noticed a lot um, less stress coming up and it's kind of, I feel like it's worked a bit as of, of a um, prevention for stress because I'm changing all these thought patterns and I'm changing how I react to stressful situations. And like even something like public speaking, I hated public speaking so much. Like I was terrified of it. <laughs> and in high school, like I was always the person that spoke first because if I sat there while other people did their presentations, I'd get so worked up in my head that by the time I got up there, I was already shaking, already red, already sweating, like I wanted to get out of there and now I consciously do public speaking presentations and I enjoy it because I can move through that stress and I can know, okay, I'm feeling the stress response. That's all right though. I'm going to take some deep breaths. I know I can do this. I've practiced. I've prepared. I'm ready for this. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. There's lots of different ways that mindfulness meditation can both directly and indirectly um, have a, a, a great effect in our lives. But I also want to mention that I know it's not necessarily for everybody. I know that it's a wonderful tool that people can have, but it can be helpful used in conjunction with medication or therapy or self-care practices or whatever it might be. Like, I don't think it's a cure-all. I don't think it's a fix-all. And I don't know, I think there's a lot of stuff coming out about now with all the hype around mindfulness and what it can do that people go into it with this expectation that it's just going to solve everything. But I think it's a wonderful tool and it's something that we can use a lot more and it's wonderful to use it in conjunction with other types of self-care and and, and looking after ourselves and our mental health. Um, And, yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's very individual as well for (laughs) lots of different people, what they experience. Oh, for sure. And, I mean... It's such, it's, it's all about having these tools that we can draw from in our like spiritual or soulful or well-being toolbox. And I love that you um, have mentioned that because it's going to look different for everybody. Everyone's experience is different. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad that you touched on that. So with meditation, I know that so many people panic when they hear the word meditation because um, we do spend so much of our time running from working over, um, busying ourselves over our thoughts because there's this, we have this idea, especially if you're a worrier, that our worrying is productive. Like there's this notion that if I'm worrying about it and stressing about it, I'm doing something productive towards solving it where that's just not the case. But then the idea of, um, you know, pausing to meditate is going to bring everything rushing in. I know that used to scare the bejesus out of me. Um, like, especially if I was going through one of my most anxious periods where what I, I really wanted to slow my mind down, but the thought of actually stopping, um, to be with my thoughts would spiral me even more or, Um, yeah, it was not, it was not a fun time, but it doesn't like, there's also so many misconceptions out there that meditation is around stopping your mind from thinking at all, isn't there? 
Yeah, and I love that you brought this up because I think it is a concern for a lot of people, especially if they do experience stress and anxiety because we we are trying to protect ourselves. Like our worry and stress and everything is us trying to do the best that we can to look after ourselves. So I looked at my stress as like, I know that it doesn't make me feel great in the moment, but I don't know what else to do. Like I, I need this because this is what's helping me stay organized and on top of things mm-hmm. and, um, you know, helping me get my assignments in on time and helping me show up at work better and be the best person I can be and all these kinds of things. Um, so I, I completely understand that concern and I really struggled to move through that as well. I felt like, as I mentioned, it was this unnatural feeling of being mindful and bringing myself into the present moment and letting go of these things that I felt were necessary. Um, but I think that, yeah, mindfulness and meditation, it's not necessarily about switching the thoughts off, particularly with mindfulness. I think there's a lot more range for us to just notice what thoughts are coming up and maybe even to write those down. Like I used to do that quite a bit more. I don't do it as much now. Um, but I would sit down and I would, you know, give myself 15 minutes to just practice a mindfulness meditation, whether it was mindful breathing or tuning into my senses. And if I had a thought pop up and it wouldn't really go away, I'd write it down. And then it kind of took away that feeling of like, I can't think. It gave me permission to explore my thoughts a little bit, to let them come and go. And if they didn't, you know, if I couldn't really let go of them, then I'd write them down knowing that I could come back to it later and explore it a bit more. Um, So that was something that I actually found was quite helpful for me. And yeah, I think that when it comes to feeling busy and not wanting to add something into your life when you're already feeling flat out and overworked or whatever it might be, um, to really find a mindfulness or a meditation practice that really resonates with you. Like it's not something that feels like a chore. It's something that you feel excited about at the end of the day. Like for me, I really love listening to meditation music. It's just something that when I'm having a bit of a rough day, I'm like, oh, I know if I can make 20 minutes tonight to sit and mm-hmm. listen to some meditation music, I'm going to feel great. Like, I love this. Um, and to turn it into this kind of thing that we can actually enjoy and look forward to. And when I was studying my advanced certificate in meditation, we had to create a daily practice. And I really, I fought against that. Like, I, I really struggled. <laughs> <laughs> and But it also kind of pushed me to meditate even on days when I didn't really feel like it and I didn't feel like I had the time for it or the headspace for it and the more I did it the more I realized like oh I can meditate and be mindful at any time and Mm -hmm. it's okay like even if I'm having a crappy day and my meditation practice doesn't go the way that I planned and actually I feel more frustrated by the end of it that's all right too like that's an experience that I can use or I can learn from And it's still meaningful, you know what I mean? Like sometimes I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to have this perfect experience and that's the only way that it can be meaningful. But sometimes it's when we don't have those experiences that we learn the most. Oh, totally. And I mean, it doesn't, like, especially with meditation, it doesn't all have to be like sat, cross-legged, transcendental meditation. Like you can practice mindfulness. Like, you know, I was just thinking then, like when you were speaking about like, having the moments and I was like well that could just be like consciously choosing to be present on the way to get the kids in the car Mm. so like I'm just really conscious of there's no other like for me silence is like king in my whole entire world if there's a space for silence I am all about it um 
so for anyone who's listening to this, maybe that could be and has, well, who's listening to this and has not, you know, um, lent into the whole meditation um, realm, something as simple as like, you know, driving the rest of the way home after you finish listening to this, of course, (laughs) um, you know, and just allowing yourself to listen to that and pay attention to whatever comes up and just drawing yourself back and your focus to on the road and like, or what you're seeing and what you're experiencing, that redirection as well of thought that's playing with your thoughts, which is pretty much a, a form of meditation, isn't it? Yeah, I love that playing with my thoughts. I I think that's exactly what it is, and I love that you that you said that because it brings this element of fun to mindfulness and meditation. I think that's what a lot of people miss that they think it needs to be really serious and very perfect, and you know, twenty minutes exactly on the dot, and and things like that. And oh, if I you know stop at fifteen minutes, then I'm a failure. But mm. I think bringing this element of fun and of play to it is such a great way to go about it. And how can I bring mindfulness into my life in a way that it's going to enrich my life in a way that I can really enjoy a lot of experiences that I'm having, like playing with my kids or playing with my dogs or cooking a meal that I really enjoy or um, having a cuddle with my partner or whatever it might be. Like that's, I think, a wonderful way to be practicing mindfulness and, and creative activities as well. Like I often talk to a lot of people who have creative activities and they're like, oh, I feel so in the moment. I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm paying attention to what my hands are doing and what I'm creating and Mm -hmm. I just love it. And I'm like, you're being mindful. Like That's exactly what you're doing. And that's what I was spinning out before. And I was like, I've just been naturally craving more space within my day. And I didn't realize that exactly what I was doing was becoming more mindful of moments within my days and carving out that space so that's really trippy and awesome for me I'm just giving myself like a pat on the back because I'm like oh well done well done me like and that's yeah like, well done you for sure yeah. <laughs> that's awesome no and I think it's important that we acknowledge that when we do do these things and we do make these improvements within our life and that it doesn't have to be all huge monumental like kick-ass successes that you know are tangible these little moments in creating more space within our day they're as important as anything but having the acknowledgement and the awareness um that that's what we're actually doing and that it's making a positive impact on our life that's really important too Mm, yeah absolutely I love that so you recently underwent a huge tree change tell us about that I did, yeah. So I had been living in Melbourne for about eight years, but I grew up in the country in northeast Victoria and I loved it here but didn't really realize how much I loved it here until I left. Yeah. <laughs> and coming back has just been amazing. So we moved back about three months ago or four months ago. And, yeah, just having more time to be in nature and going for walks. And, like, every morning I've been taking the dogs for a walk along the river and just listening to the river and not having my phone and not having traffic around. And, you know, it's been really misty and there's been snow on the mountains and taking the time to really appreciate all of that when maybe I didn't appreciate that so much Mm -hmm. when I was younger because it was what I was used to. Uh, But, yeah, being able to come back here has been actually really incredible and I feel like I'm just ready to be really creative and I've got a lot more space and in my spare time I'm going outside a lot more, which has been really lovely. 
Oh, that, was it scary to make that decision or was it like a really natural progression that you just knew it was time to come back? Yeah, it just felt like the right time. Uh, my fiancé and I were here at Christmas and that was about six months ago and we just got up on Christmas Day and we were sitting out the front and it was a beautiful morning. It was so sunny and there was just no one around. It was so peaceful and we were like, why aren't we here all the time? Like, I don't know yeah. why we're still paying so much in rent and you know, living these kind of, um, you know, more urban lives, I guess, when we feel drawn to be here. And yeah, so it just kind of felt like this moment where we both had the epiphany at the same time. And, and a couple of months later, we were back here and we're living with my mom at the moment, but mm -hmm. just kind of scoping out the area and where we might want to stay long term. And yeah, it's just been a really lovely thing to do. Oh, I'm so glad. So tell us about your book. Tell us about The Mindful Kind. Yeah, so I started writing The Mindful Kind, oh, it was nearly two years ago now I started writing it. Mm -hmm. And I really just wanted to incorporate a lot of the things that people had asked me throughout the process of my podcast. And, and um, I knew that people wanted a lot of practical tips and a lot of things that they could use in their everyday lives. And that was something that I wanted to really address in the book was like mindfulness can be practical and it can be simple to implement. We don't need to have 20 minutes every day if we if we really can't make the time for it. We can incorporate mindfulness in so many different ways. And so I wanted to also include a bit of research um, because coming from psychology, I just felt like that was what I wanted to do <laughs> and it felt natural for me to do that. Um, so it kind of ended up being... Uh, a mixture of research and practical tips and personal stories and some stories from my clients as well about how they've been implementing mindfulness into their lives and how it's helped them. And I broke it down into different chapters about, um, you know, the different aspects of our life that are important. So hobbies and self-care and work and relationships and physical health. And yeah, I really wanted to touch on how mindfulness could be implemented into all of those different things. And yeah, like I said, I loved the process of writing it. Uh, there were ups and downs, Yay. of course. Like there were some days when I had creative blocks and I didn't get as much done as I wanted. And we got our second dog, Minnie, when Aww. it was, must have been about four months before the deadline and she was such a distraction. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> what um, have I done? And, yeah. Jake's yeah. <laughs> mum started coming over to, like, look after them during the day so I could go out to a cafe and just get a solid amount of work done. Yeah. Um, oh, that's yeah. so nice. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> so it's just amazing that it's out there now and – and, you know, I can walk into a bookstore and it's actually there on the shelves. And that's amazing. Actually, yeah, it's actually just been a wonderful experience and very surreal. Oh, it's so great. And so people can get it from bookstores. It's It should be in most major bookstores, that's for sure. Yeah, so it's in Dimmicks and Angus and Robertson and Robinsons and all those kinds of places. Um, but you can also get it online at Booktopia. And it was on the book depository for a little while, but I don't think it's there anymore. But I have recently just uh, learned that it will be coming out in the US next year oh, and in the stop. UK and Canada. Yeah. That's crazy. Congratulations. Thank you. So, I yeah, I'm really that. excited. In January and February next year, it'll be out if everything goes to plan. Oh, my God. It's totally going to end up getting translated into all those different languages. You know that. 
I hope so. That would be incredible. (laughs) Holy hammer. Oh, I'm so excited for you. And if people want to work with you, where is the best place that they'll be able to find you? And I know that we were just speaking about um, some meditations that you were creating. Where can people track those down um, and find you on the whole World Wide Web and places? Yeah, thank you. So everything's just on my website, really. If you go to rachelcable.com, and it's spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L-K-A-B-L-E.com. And then it's got my podcast there, which you can also find on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher. And it's got my shop, which has my book and all the links to it, and my meditation albums, which, yeah, I'll be adding another one soon, which I'm really excited about. It'll be my third meditation album. And, yeah, everything's there. I've got a couple of videos that are on YouTube, and, yeah, but it's all on the website. So if you head over there, you can find everything. You are, without a doubt, the mindfulness queen. So thank you so, so much for taking some time out of your – I don't want to say busy because I don't – it's like you're beautifully full – calendar thank you i really really appreciate it and i hope i know that so many um women listening to this would have been just getting some so much juicy like insight and ideas for creating more space within their days and living a more mindful life so thank you so much rachel oh thank you for having me it was such a lovely time and thank you to everyone who's been listening